This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Caroline Huthart from Wellington, Florida. And I'm Emily Wood, also from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to a special jumpy edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network, episode 2195. Oh my gosh. Brought to you today by S Equestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh my God. It's Tuesday. Top class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. We are back. It's Emily and Caroline. We're very excited. First Tuesday of every month. We have a jam-packed show. Excited. We're going to hear all about it. And this is where I come in. Coming up, we have Liz Ulrich from Equine Elixirs, and she's going to talk about the natural alternative to Depo Provera, a very hot topic. Next up, Hannah Hildeman from Sport Innovations is going to help us understand multiple modality therapy. Say that three times fast. And then Jay Duke weighs in on how hunters are judged Take it away, Emily. So we're going we're gonna to get into it. Um, we have been very busy. It is Florida, as you all know. We're down here. Very, it's very hot. Very hot and sticky. I know, Caroline, but your operation has shade. I do. It's I know. I know. So whenever there's like a salty moment, like freaking put <laughs> table. I'm sorry. Bleep that out. <laughs> but yes, you have shade. There's no shade at my other job. But yes, it is hot, but things are good. The horses are going super, and we'll check back in with some of the other horses that we've talked about previously. But let's get into it. We have a really, really great show. We're so excited to learn about all these different things. And we have our first guest, Liz Ulrich from Equine Elixirs. We've had her on before with her ulcer eraser. We're very excited to hear about her new product that's made a bunch of headlines. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thanks for having me back. Yay, we're so happy to have you back. And it's been a little minute, I have to say, you know, being a small business owner myself, I'm so inspired when I see uh, your vans running all around town and logos. You're doing it, girl. It's happening. Very, very cool. Thank you. Very cool, because I think we checked in with you kind of in the beginning, uh, kind of of your your launch here with your ulcer eraser. Um, And wow, it's really taken off. Very exciting. Very cool. Yeah, that was about, I think, Two and a half years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and boy, I mean, you've just kept going. And I was so excited to see you launch the new product. And I got like a little bit, you know, you know, we had our wires crossed for a moment there because one of the photo credits they used for the article, I think Noel Floyd or whoever put it out, Chronicle, um, was actually for my clothing line. And that was one of my photos of Kevin Babington. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. But but we were so excited to hear about it. Just, you know, fill us in. What have you been doing? You know, how have things been going? Obviously, the ulcer eraser is taking off. You know, what, what is what is the landscape here? Fill us in. So uh, it's been a, a busy two years. Um, ulcer eraser has continued you know, growing, doing very well, uh, spreading across the country and internationally as well. 
And then, um, you know, I decided I really wanted to focus on uh, creating another product uh, based primarily out of um, the need that I had and the need that seemed like most other horse people had, which was starting to look for an alternative to Depo Provera, which, you know, people love using uh, in their horses for a variety of different reasons. Um, but uh, Depo is, you know, people are starting to have a lot of side effects with it. Uh, it's very likely it's going to become... No, it's definitely going to become, well, I shouldn't say definitely, it's most likely going to become banned at some point in the future. Correct. Um, and so I, I really just started doing a lot of research into alternatives to uh, typical progesterone therapy uh, that would help horses um, in the same way, but uh, would not involve any prohibited substances, no medical report forms, no injections, no side effects. And that's really what motivated me. And that's what I started doing. And, um, we created positive and we launched it about maybe eight months ago and people have just been very happy with it. And how I'm sorry to back up because I, I mean, I get it. Like I'm a jumper girl, you know, that's where my heart is. Like I put all of my energy into that. I do of course, freelance ride for, you know, multiple different operations and excuse me, sorry. And we do have quite a few hunters and, you know, sh like we all know, you know, that's, that, that, that's, you know, the injection of choice. I mean, Depo is very commonly used. Um, I, I'm just curious how you kind of backtrack there and, and we're able to get the, the, the information and like, how did you, how were you able to replace that? You know, like there, there's what, maybe even back it up more than that. Like why actually are people giving Depo, you know, like what is the actual response that we're looking for here? Well, people give Depo for a variety of different reasons, but, you know, you kind of have to start with the fact that Depo Provera is um, not actually approved uh, by the FDA for use in horses. It's something that horse people use and, and the majority of people like, but it's not actually approved for that purpose. The reason people give it, uh, it depends. Uh, I think a lot of people find that Depo tends to make their horses a little less spooky, less hormonal. It tends to help geldings uh, be less studdish. It tends to help mares be a little less uh, attitude-y when they're in season. Um, a lot of this is uh, anecdotal evidence, um, but it is uh, what horse people will describe seeing. And so they use it across the board in lots of different disciplines. Um, I just started doing a lot of research into how progesterone therapy works. And uh, I came up with a combination of extracts that encourages the hypothalamus to produce its own excess levels of progesterone. So instead of injecting an artificial progestin into the body, you are feeding something to the horse twice a day that results in the body making its own excess levels of progesterone, which helps suppress estrogen and testosterone, which are the attitudinal hormones that you generally associate with that hormone-related behavior that you know, we don't necessarily like. Um, spooky, flighty, uh, aggressive, studdish, uh, that type of thing. Uh, so that's why uh, the extracts work. Uh, they make the hypothalamus produce excess progesterone. And so you sort of get to the same place, but a different way. And one of the benefits of feeding it twice a day is you don't tend to have the highs and lows associated with weekly or um, biweekly injections. When you, when you inject Depo, you tend to get a pretty good response early on. But then you have diminishing marginal returns as the week goes on. 
Yeah, for sure. And then like, I guess like, you know, my other question a little bit, you know, I mean, cause I'm living it out there, you know, I'm not in charge. A lot of the horses that I ride, you know, obviously Caroline and I have our own operation and we're doing, you know, what we do managing wise there and they're mainly jumpers, but, um, you know, like they're, they're using it on, uh, mares, geldings. I, I see people using it on stallions. Like, is it across the board is your experience? You've been doing all this research, you know, like kind of, what are you finding? Like people that are just, and I hate to say it, but they're abusing, you know, like a, I think it's a little bit much and agreed you get the spike and then like, you know, you can't be doing that every week. You know, it's about to be illegal, but like, what is your experience? What you've seen, you know, is it, are, are people, you know, the, the over, you know, overview of what you're looking at trainers are using it for everybody. Is it mainly geldings? Is it, you know, like, what are you seeing? Well, much like with uh, depot, uh, people use depot for mayors. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, with the depot, you right. know, I'm sorry to backtrack like that, but yeah, you know, like what we're replacing this, but like, what are they, you know, they're they're mainly is it the geldings? Like, who are we targeting here? It's really not just one specific group. It's it's every group. It's now, everybody. like with everything, depot depot doesn't work on all horses. Just like there's nothing that works on all horses. They're all unique. They all digest and metabolize things differently. So you can expect a slightly different effect in in all of them because they're individuals. So you know, a lot of people that use depot that do have good results with depot would mean that their horses do respond pretty well to some kind of hormone therapy. And those people who are choosing to perhaps put the depot on hold and try the positive, I would say the large majority of them, 80%, 85%, 90% are finding that the positive is adequately replacing the depot. There are still the occasional, you know, horses that either do better on the depot or maybe they don't respond to the depot or the positive, but the vast majority have, have shown very good results. That's awesome. So that's your experience. And <clears throat> I, I saw uh, regularly, um, press releases, a lot of, you've got a lot of top, uh, jumping horses. Uh, I can only kind of speak for the jumpers. I'm sure you have others as well, um, that are quite happy mares, geldings, a super, super effective. Um, what, what are the people telling you on that? What are they seeing out uh, the spookiness? Like, what are they, what are they curbing on the behavioral side of things? So let's start with the mares. Um, Uh, Positive is is different than regimate. So some people um, find it a little confusing and they might think that positive is designed to replace regimate, but it's, it's very different. Regimate is a drug that is approved to actually eliminate um, the cycle of a mare. So positive does not prevent a mare from coming into season, just like depot doesn't prevent a mare from coming into season, but it does eliminate the behavioral side effects associated with it. So, you know, like the the peeing or the squealing, or perhaps they're very sensitive under saddle, they're very irritable, um, they might be aggressive. So the the mare will still cycle, but you won't see those negative side effects that we associate with it. So that is sort of one thing to expect with the mares. With geldings and stallions, uh, if they're a little studdish, if they're a little aggressive, if they're a little fresh, People are just generally finding that the horses are more level, they're um, more focused, less distracted, a little easier to train, that type of thing. I, I mean, the, the, on, on the jumper side of things, you know, like for somebody that doesn't care to, to use depot and, you know, the spookiness and whatever, you know, I mean, the horses, you know, we want them careful and electric like this. I mean, I, I hundred percent understand and I do have to, you know, use on my hunter side of things when I work for other people, but that to me is very, very progressive and positive for the horse. 
you know, on all different fronts, because I just, I, you know, to uh, example with the mayor, you know, to stop the mayor from cycling, you know, like that's not appropriate, you know, like, well, it I can't mean, be healthy. It, exactly. You know, like this sounds, sounds like a very like effective, but very natural, uh, you know, it's a supplement you're not even giving it an injection, um, that that's right. good for everybody, so, but. Right. We're not looking to interfere with their natural biology, but I can certainly understand that if some mares are, you know, very uncomfortable in pain, or if they're physically aggressive when they're in season, you would want to curtail that behavior. Right. And obviously they end up being much more comfortable and, and happy as well. And how do you, if somebody were to start the supplement, what, you know, if they've got their, you know, different situations that they're dealing with the worst things that they want to improve, um, do they just right away start? Is there a loading dose? Like uh, talk to us about the actual, you know, administration. Well, and if they're coming well, they're, off of depot too. Well, on that too, because that's what we're dealing with, unfortunately, in this business. So I think that that is often a personal decision for how people want to handle the transition, depending on the horse. If they have a horse that they feel is, you know, particularly difficult and uh, they don't want to stop the depot cold turkey, they can start the one-week loading dose of the positive while their horse is still on the depot. And then as they're weaning off the depot, the positive would be building up in their system. There are some people that have done it that way. There is a one-week loading dose of the positive before you get to the maintenance dose. And the majority of horses do great on the maintenance dose. If you have a tougher horse, it's perfectly safe to keep them at that higher loading dose level if you feel that the extra support is necessary. But then there are some people that are perfectly comfortable just stopping the depot and starting the positive, and they've had very good results as well. And what is uh, the, it's bought in what quantity, what is the dose, you know, what are people looking at and what is the price, of course, to get to that? So there's two different sizes. There's a 30-ounce bottle, which is a 30-day supply for one horse. It's $49.99, and that's a 30-day supply at the maintenance dose level. Just keep in mind, obviously, that first week there is a loading dose. And then the larger size is a 120-ounce bottle, which is a one-gallon jug, and that's $199.96. That, that's not bad. I will say no, for all of you depot affordable. users, if there are any of you out there as our listeners, like cost effectiveness and also, you know, the health of your horse. I mean, absolutely. It's, it, it meets all the criteria and, and clearly is effective. You know, you've got top people. I, I loved the short report article. Of course, like I was partial because that was like my clothing line photo credit, but I love Kevin and I love that mare and she's a little extra. She really is. And, she uh, is she's a, a hot mare. Yeah, but she's really coming into her own, you know, on the positive and like they, you know, a hundred percent give, give credit to your, to your supplement. I think that's so, so cool. And, and, you know, that's real, that's real field experience there. Well, so yeah, what all is in the positive? Is it all natural or what, what are the yeah. ingredients? It's all natural. It contains three uh, highly concentrated extracts. It's uh chaste berry raspberry leaf and dong kwai root. Those are the three different extracts. Um, it's made into a liquid. It's fed twice a day. And like you said, people have found it to be very effective. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. And I can't wait to try it as well. Cause we have a few different, <clears throat> you know, 
I love my mares. You know, I'm the stallion lady, as we all know. But, you know, no no hate on the mares. But they can be a little mareish. It can happen. Um, but we do have a few that we're so excited to try it on. And then we'll check back in with you all uh, as to how it worked on them. But h- how do people find it? Like, if they're not in Wellington, I know that you're based down here. Uh, where how, how can people find you and order? So the majority of our sales are just done direct to the consumer through our website. It's www.equinelixers.com. People can buy it directly from the website. We ship everywhere. Uh, There are a few local tax shops in different states that do carry the product. Uh, We are expanding into additional uh, retail outlets, but the majority of our business is through the website, just direct to the consumer. Well, and that's awesome. So that's, that's, you know, effective. People can get in there. It's accessible. Equinelixers.com. You all check it out. Thank you so much, Liz, for your time. And again, we can't wait to try your product and a couple of our very special mares. We don't want to say anything naughty about them, but you know, we all know how oh, they no, can we be. got a couple geldings. Oh, we got a couple geldings. You're right. We have some naughty horses. I feel like <laughs> they're not even bad. You know what I mean? They're horses, whatever. But if you can help them and these kind of different things, and we ask a lot of them, absolutely. We're so excited. You all check it out. And thank you again, Liz, so much for your time. Well, that was a really cool conversation. I feel like I better understand what's actually going on inside the horse uh, more so than just the behavioral changes we see on the outside. And it looks like we've got our next guest already lined up. Next up, we have Hannah from Sport Innovations with her therapy blankets. Hey, Hannah, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you for having me, ladies. Uh, I'm very well. I hope you guys are well also. We're great. So you do um, talk to us a little bit about your company. All right. What is it all about? Okay. Sport Innovations has been in business for about 15 years, guys. It is a family-run business. My family and I started it about 15 years ago. We specialize on equine and canine therapy equipment. And we are now fully based in Florida. It's hot. <laughs> yes. It is hot. <laughs> I to say that, like but yes. So that's awesome. You're based down here. We're so excited to hear about it. Yeah. Tell us more. 15 years. I had no idea. Yeah. Fill us in. What have y'all been doing? Um, oh, yeah. A lot. Um, we started about 15 years ago and uh, we are still setting up more and more sales reps in the U.S., but we cater to a lot of the Olympic disciplines with our equipment. And uh, I'm foremost used to a ride in the show world as well, but as my company took over, uh, my show career had to end and my business career had to take over. So what kind of showing did you do? Uh, I used this? to uh, show dressage horses. Okay. Did I that grew up in Germany. Did that push you to kind of develop these products? Uh, yes. Yes. Because I saw a need for equipment like this in the U.S. And um, I sourced equipment here in the U.S. when we started, and I wasn't happy with it. And that's how we came to manufacturing these devices in Germany. Uh, due to quality standards, I found uh, factories in, the, in Germany that make our equipment. I've actually seen um, Danielle, who set mm-hmm. our introduction up. She has one. I've seen it in use. They are pretty impressive. Can you talk us through kind of all they're capable of? Now, it's the only therapy unit in the world that does three therapy modalities in one device. So you're looking at PEMF, 
which is pulsed electromagnetic frequency. Then we have a massage feature in this blanket that uh, you, you or basically the user can treat the entire horse's back with uh, vibrational massage. And we have a heat feature, which you can turn off depending on uh, uh, your location. I'm pretty sure that Danielle is currently not. We definitely don't need the heat here. No, nope, ladies, we don't. <laughs> but uh, due to, you know, we're not all based in Florida. In the winter months, it gets very cold. The horses react to cold with a lot of muscle tension in their uh, muscles. So customers in the northern regions or anything, anywhere where it's cold, they benefit highly from that heat feature. Well, it's almost like a warm-up for your horse. Is that correct? Kind of, yeah. Uh, the, the, the side effect, guys, is that the, the blanket increases circulation, so the horse starts off more warmed up. But okay. we're actually not changing the temperature of the animal. And do you see that it's used like a lot in like mainly jumpers, dressage, or what are the other uses? Um, uh, of course, any uh, sport horse will uh, benefit from it. But we sell lots to the racehorse industry as well because uh, those horses built up a lot of lactic acids in the muscle. Right. And to- tools like our units can help decrease these lactic acid buildups. Um, so you can use it after uh, a race, for example. We basically, any horse that has a sport idea or is, or is being trained uh, daily, they will benefit from these type of uh, devices. And what about, does it help for horses coming off of injuries and things like that? Yes, ma'am. Um, you can use them as a maintenance tool for healthy animals or in case of injury, um, a pulse magnetic uh, wave will increase circulation to an injury site. So supply more oxygen to an injury area so the horse recovers quicker. Okay. Well, I see also you have, I saw the picture of um, McLean Ward's donkey wearing a blanket. <laughs> yes. I think that's a burrow. Yes, or is it? I don't know. I'm not educated. No, that is McLean's uh, donkey. But uh, since we don't carry donkey-sized uh, <laughs> equipment guys we actually that the picture that you see is of the donkey wearing our xx large canine coat oh, so oh my gosh dog that's you can use dogs it. respond to it and um, dogs usually tend to depending on if they're injured or if you're using it as a maintenance tool if they're injured they usually it acts as pain management so they're drawn to the mat and will hang out on the mat or wearing the actual coat. Um, but in case of a maintenance, if you're dealing with working dogs, police dogs, for example, any kind of agility dogs, they keep their focus longer. And their hair usually, uh, their coat is shinier. And that's what they, our handlers report. Um, they come obviously into play uh, if they're muscle soreness as well. And, and for things like the hip dysplasia too, I imagine that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's a pain relief. We can um, nothing sadly can uh, stop arthritis, right? Um, but we can at least do pain management and help. And to they draw get the more comfortable. Out. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Correct. That's very Correct. helpful. So what else? So you have the blanket. What else is really popular in your line for the horses? For horses, usually the leg wraps or the hawk wraps, um, which is straight pulse magnetic that you would use on the animals if they have older injuries, for example, like tendon or ligament injuries mm-hmm. or if you just want to uh, treat as a maintenance as a maintenance 
device, I would use this three times a week after training to increase circulation to the tendons and ligaments. So, Hannah, can you give us a little rundown on, like, more what is the science behind, like, increasing circulation and all these, um, you know, pulsating, magnetic, and the rest of it? All those functions. Uh, Yes, yes. Now, um, it's a little bit harder to do that without a diagram. But just imagine a cell. If a cell um, is not exposed to any kind of pulsating magnetic impulse, it has ions floating around in the cell in a non-aligned or non-organized structure. The second you have a low pulse signal, low magnetic pulse signal uh, being exposed to a cell, those ions align within the cell's membrane and allow a greater exchange in and out of the cell. That means oxygen and lactic acids are removed uh, or supplied quicker. So that's pretty much what what happens. It's easier to visualize. We have a link on our website as well, guys, that shows a little bit of the science of what's behind a pulse magnetic signal. And how did you all start with this, you know, develop, trying to, to capture the technology and, and to understand all the science behind it? You know, what is the background behind that? Basically, we started as users 20 years ago. And um, we started as users needed equipment for show horses. Um, and uh, I sourced equipment in the U.S. and wasn't happy with the quality and the service uh, of the companies that it, it existed 20 years ago. And I then sat down with a, a, a manufacturer in Germany. Um, that's how we—that's how we came about distributing equipment like this. And as a you know, even a casual uh, rider um, or a competition mm-hmm. rider, what do you expect to see? What are going to be your results? Basically, when an animal wears this, guys, um, they will show a visible sign of relaxation. Usually, they start chewing. They start drooling a little bit. They start uh, dozing off. When a horse dozes off, we don't, those devices don't make the horse sleepy. It just relaxes the horse to the extent that it might uh, doze off a little bit. Um, you'll see some of them have increased bowel movements, for example. But in general, you see just the horse with the head down in a, in a relaxation. You see that tongue sometimes hangs and drools, like I mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. But the visible signs of relaxation you'll see. And for, like, riding-wise, you know, and if, if you're using it on a competition mm-hmm. horse, pre-workout, yes. pre-competition, um, you know, what, what are we seeing here? What are we feeling? Yeah, the riders usually respond or report that they uh, the horse starts off more relaxed and smoother because we supplied obviously oxygen to the to the muscles. So the rider gets to the to the actual training after the warm up time quicker. The warm up time is decreased when you use equipment like this. And do you use this only for the warm up, or do you use it post workout as well? Post as well, if you're trying to get rid of toxins in the body or lactic acids, for example. Okay. So, and which I'm all about, I mean, we're, we're doing high, mm-hmm. high, you know, uh, and you know, the, the horses are working hard, you know, we're doing show jumpers, mm-hmm. but our, exactly. you know, our, our contact, like Caroline said, comes through our dress, our mutual dressage friend. Um, but, but the horses are working hard out there if they're going up to the Grand Prix level. Um, but even for anybody that has a horse at home, if they have a little bit of an ache and pain or something, is this something that you prescribe to them and, and offer and you think it will yes. be productive? Yes. And for people who haven't tried it, we offer rentals as well. So you can, if you have a horse okay. that is 
uh, in pain, you can rent this equipment um, uh, for up to two months and all the rental supplies so customers don't lose the money, but you can, before making the investment, test the equipment. Oh, that's very exciting. And how do people Mm -hmm. uh, get in touch with your company, sportinnovations.net? You all can check it out online, but if somebody was interested in maybe doing a little rental or maybe they want to do something for their dog, you know, just to test it out, how, how do they get in touch with you and how do they, how do they pursue that? Very simple. Yeah. Uh, they can give us a call at our, uh, eight, six, zero number that we have online. Give us a call, shoot us an email and we'll get the customer a one page rental contract that they need to fill out. And Very what, cool. Well, what is the average price point? Just get an idea well it depends what uh, uh, configuration of blankets you get we have straight massage blankets uh up to the the three and one you're looking between four thousand and up to seven thousand okay. okay so and that's mm-hmm. for purchase but then with the rentals yeah, then they, you're looking they can at do that uh, yes yeah, you're looking at a 380 dollar rental per month that's great that's very cost effective um, well, you all check it out. Thank you so much, Hannah, for your time and everybody sport, sportinnovations.net, uh, and and definitely pursue possibly a rental. Do you also do rental for the canine? Yeah. On any, on any equipment you can rent monthly from us to, to super. Equipment. So mm-hmm. that, that's absolutely I appreciate worth that time. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yes, well, thank you so much, Hannah. We're very excited to, to keep investigating your product and we'll touch back base with you at a later date. Um, I think, uh, through Danielle, Carolyn and I will actually be able to utilize one of your blankets, some of our sore creaky cases and, uh, very excited to give a little feedback. Sounds good. I appreciate the time and thank you again. And it's that time of the show time for a little break. How about some Jared Rogerson ode to ibuprofen, something that all us horse folks can relate to. wrong I like a good time just as much as the next guy but I don't need artificial thrills let me tell you how I got this black eye the other day I got bucked off I got hung up and drug around a little ibuprofen turned my frown upside down I'm talking Profan will get you through those days. Happy Profan will help you feel your rage. So here's to knowing you can feel less broken with just a little Happy Profan. Olympians win gold medals Cause they eat fortified cereal But the breakfast of rodeo champions Is fortified Advil uh-huh. And you can tell if they're really wise Cause they'll grab a bag of ice Before they ride and spread it out And put it on from head to toe Make sure you're ready to go And take some With just a little I have a girl 
prescription. No, you won't. Ibuprofen will get you through those days. Ibuprofen will help you feel your age. So here's to knowing you can feel less broken. There you have it. You can find Jared Rogerson's music at jaredrogerson.com and on your favorite streaming apps like iTunes and CD, baby. And it's time for our next guest. Jay's here. We have our good friend Jay Duke back, jayduke.com. You all have heard him before with a couple little training tips and wonderful advice. He's got all of his clinics online. We're going to talk about that later, but he's here now with a few little uh, you know, chats here about our hunter jumper world. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thanks for coming back. Hi, Emily. Great to hear from you. We're so glad it worked out. I know everyone's been gotten busy and we're trying to make this a regular. We would love to have you on every month and, and chat because you're in the know. You've done so much. Y'all check it out. All you have to do is go online, jayduke.com, and you can see for yourselves. But I had no doubt, I'm sure we got something spicy to talk about today. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about uh, what I consider a bit of an old topic <laughs> to start with. Uh, I wrote an article in October of 2015. Um, the title was, It's Time to Reform the Way That Hunters Are Judged. And it, it received a lot of uh, great feedback. Um, not all positive feedback, but a lot of great <laughs> feedback. Which is fine. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, and not surprisingly, um, there have not been any changes and not that I really expect them to be, but um, it is amazing how many people would like to see changes and yet um, nothing ever happens. And so I just wanted to touch base on that topic again, as it's still a very relevant concern in the horse world um, with the use of performance enhancing drugs. And, that's something which really needs to be limited or ideally completely go away. And it, I, to me, I think there's a pretty simple solution to it in, in the hunter world as far as making that happen. Um, no, that doesn't mean anyone's going to follow my advice and certainly not use that. Well, they but, probably should. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm also <laughs> making waves. I'm sorry they should, but okay, continue. <laughs> Well, well, we did make, I, I did make headway. I did contribute to the, the concussion protocols being, um, improved upon and, uh, which is they're, super they're pat on the back to that as a person suffering now. myself, super, super like, yeah. yes. Okay. They're so far from where they need to be and, and horse shows are not certainly not enforcing them the way they need to be. But, um, anyway, just keep pounding on the drum and then something good happens. So I, I do want to talk about, uh, hunter judging. All right. And my my very straightforward solution to this and and um is that instead of the classes being judged specifically on the horses or in the equitation world the class being specifically judged on the riders um i truly don't understand why it's not judged on both horse and rider and that and maybe there's a reason for that um no one's ever been able to tell me how that even came about um but if there was a system that was designed where 
the rider had, you know, was judged say for 50% of the score, the horse was judged for 50% of the score. And those things were broken down as far as, you know, um, how much a rub is or how much a swap is or something like that, that would eliminate what we see in the hunter world today, as far as the horses being robotic, I think would be the best way to put it. Well, and like um, totally, I'm sorry to just like interject. Cause you're like, you're, you know, you're like, you know, giving us all the more information here, but like the judging cards, you know what I mean? Like, is there even any ever overview, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, they're just like, yes or no. So well, political? as far as, Judging cards, um, anybody can ask to see the judge's card. And so it's not that they're hidden, but you actually Probably have gibberish, to ask though. for it. And it, it is, yes, it's, it's written. In I'm sorry. Well, you and I um, can't hang out on the Hunter thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're doing <laughs> this no publicly. Question. Like, here we go. But like, what is going on? <laughs> well, for, for instance, when it, when it comes to that part of it, um, I feel, and, and I know that there's judges that say will disagree with this, but for instance, a swap or a mislead change or a rub at the jump, um, that those things could easily have a score affixed to them because some judges will, with a swap, hit the horses very hard. Yep. And some judges will say, oh, it's it's just a, a minor thing. And so nobody really knows. Now, the judges will, right. the judges will say... Well, it depends on Just what type of swap it is, and and they're very very subjective about it, um, and that's difficult for for everybody, specifically for the spectators. But I mean, for the coaches, for the riders, for everybody, and for because the horses there's really too. No system to it. So, to me, it'd be a two part thing. One is that. Just like in other sports, and if we take, say, gymnastics or figure skating or, or sports like that, you know, okay, the, er- the error was X, and X means minus one point, or, you know, for example. And so that would be very straightforward. Um, it would require that the judges would have a scribe, which they do have in dressage, so I'm not sure why they couldn't. In why don't we have that? Good Lord. Apparently, in hunter, hunter judges don't wish to have a scribe. But, <laughs> no, because um, they're not even probably pulling out the card. <laughs> but that would be a very simple way. But truly, the as far as eliminating the roboticness of the horses and, and all of the performance-enhancing substances that go into them, if a horse was, say, a little fresh and it was well-ridden, then it would not be penalized. But as it is right now, um, it is. That is the case. And the other part that goes along with it is truly all the horrifically bad riding we're seeing in the hunter derbies and in the top level hunters from the riders as far as their position um you know flopping around and the drama and antics that go on and everyone complains about it and yet the judges are rewarding the riders for you know falling over the side of the horses and you know rubbing their their ears with their chin yeah you're gonna knock Um, your teeth out in any of the horses i ride during the day like (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. So, so it'd be so. <laughs> That's why we can't hang out. <laughs> you could get rid of all of that as well by saying, okay, that the rider is a part of the equation. Correct. And why, you know, to me, I look at show jumping. It's a team sport. You know, people, you know, I'll be traveling and people that don't know the sport. Well, you know, how much does a horse do and how much does a rider do? And I always say, well, it's, it's 50, 50, both, both need each other. And to me, um, equestrian, is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. Just one of the team member happens Definitely. to be an animal. Yep. Why in the hunters is it not judged as a team sport? Right. That's, 
that's what I I don't understand You're how so that right, started. And to me, it would be just such an easy, quick fix. To just it would be such a quick fix. And like, guess what? Like the horses suffer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all the meds, all the lunging, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, no, you know, I'm not going to get going, but agreed. Absolutely. That would be, that would absolutely be a, be an appropriate next step. Like what other class, like I know the jumpers, you know, against the clock and whatever, but it's just, I don't know. I, it doesn't sit well with me and a hundred percent behind what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> and what's amazing though, is that so many people will say, yes, that makes sense. And I agree upon it. And then nothing is ever done about it. And, and they go grab a lunge line, you know, give it some depot. Like, yes. And, because there's uh, no chance because unfortunately, you know, we're under the regime, you know, like we're, we're chasing points, you know, people are out there showing, like, I get it. You know, it's not like I don't get it, but also I'm just like, it's not right. You know, like why is everything on the horse? You know, there's so, so many it, other things. What it would do is, one is it would greatly limit the use of, of uh, medications and drugs in, in the sport. So that's a positive for the horses. For sure. It would greatly limit the use of quieting techniques such as lunging. Um, and it would also create much better riders because right? now the riders would be, would be being judged. And so now you're looking... I mean, it's to me, it's a win-win-win all across. The I, board. I'm in, 100 percent for the riders, yeah. for the coaches. Um, it now I understand for the judging, it would require um, some adjustments, but certainly nothing that would. I mean, it wouldn't make their job harder. It wouldn't make their job more difficult. In fact, it. I think it would possibly. I think it would be easier. Easier, yeah, and less controversial. Yeah, like, we can actually, like, have a program, like, a method here, you know, like, what are we doing? No, I'm 100%, and I think that's a brilliant thing, you know, like, we all talk about it, like, unfortunately, you know, as a jumper girl, and, like, I've had plenty of hunters come through my barn or horses that are not good jumpers, I'm like, whatever, like, we'll take it to the hunter ring, and let's just have a look here, and, you know, like, we'll win and stuff, whatever, here and there, but, you know, when you don't, you're like, <laughs> okay, you know, so what I didn't like, we, we nailed all the jumps, the horse jumped out of its skin and like it shook its head in the corner. It's like, it's poor, it's poor horsemanship to be honest. Like, I'm sorry. Like it is like what we're asking of the horses and what we're putting them to that. Like it's poor horsemanship and it's actually not allowing the judges to actually sort of like strategically and compartmentalize, you know, it's not organized, you know, it's like here or there, like, no, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent in. I think absolutely. If you could allow a little bit more expression like this, like even in the derbies, you know, like I mean, I hadn't. I, I, I actually, I was gonna say I'd never done a derby. I take that back. I did the very first derby that ever was. It was down okay, in great. Texas in freaking uh, Rose Park, Rose, you know, Texas Rose Horse Park, whatever. I did it on a jumper that was not cutting the mustard. And, uh, it was not pretty, but whatever we did it, but yeah, no, I did it. But like my horse is a bit fresh, like, you know, but like, you can't even like if they're going to have bounces and all that, like my, my derby, that very first one, uh, Patrick, um, Rhodes built it. Um, and there was bounces in the corner and everything like this. And like, I was on jumpers. So I was like, whatever, you know, like we can do all that stuff. And, uh, but it was a bit fresh and I like, I was, you know, I felt bad, you know, because my horse actually went around quite well and it jumped out of its skin, but it was fresh, you know, like it landed off the bounces a bit, you know, was going a little bit like this and we got penalized and I was like, I can't believe that, you know, like we jumped around everything nice and we got, we, you know, we got nothing, but I think that's not, it's not really fair to the horse, to the trainer, to the rider, to, to all of it, to the sport. Like 
it, it can't be like that. You can't ask for all that out of the horse and then not, you know, allow for a little expression. Like, come on. Well, and and I mean, you're being judged on our, being artistic and athletic and such, so there should be expression, right? Um, you know, as far, as far as that goes, and hand in and hand, watching the derbies, um, you know, which I think the derbies are great, you know, and I, I'm a big supporter and a proponent of the derbies. Um, I also did write about an article about how the the, the success and failure of the Hunter Derby concept, mm-hmm. and I think it's done a lot of good things, but unfortunately, it hasn't done the the original structure of it just like equitation the original design of equitation was to create better riders jumper preparatory um, class is, yes which is now what you're winning classes with time faults and rails yes i'm sorry we can't <laughs> talk about that either <laughs> we can't hang out jay we can't hang out <laughs> but agreed yes <laughs> yes and the hunter derbies were originally scheduled to create things that were more natural and more you know how how horses would be out out in the field and now when you when you see them unfortunately yeah. the derbies are not no they're, nobody they're can go in the field they're gonna die very they're very simplistic there's um it, it's just a bit of a more t- complicated hunter course unfortunately is all it's become and yep. it's really lost it well and it's I, I have to say i am like totally not the person you know on the hunter stats like that but i like, you know, like as we just uncovered i actually did jump in the very first hunter derby and um it was way different it was like metal finals you know like souped up on steroids you know like we had like bounces and like all kind of stuff like this like i mean i love you know to watch the hunters do more and more but but agreed you know like it's not <laughs> like they're just jumping oh, a bit bigger yeah. yeah no and i I remember doing an original derby too with uh, the mindful horse now he was a six-year-old right. and he was yeah. he was a jumper i was showing him in the in the meter 30s and we thought oh well you know there's this hunter derby thing let's try it out and um I, we had all sorts of things where there was on the way to number one, there was an open Liverpool. So no standards, no rails, just a Liverpool in the middle of the field. So you hopped over that bending five to number one, oh my God. you know, and then, then there were some rocks in the ring. We jumped rocks and, and then we caught a, a Swedish oxer on the <laughs> angle across the center of the jump to the road jump. And then we went up the bank, down the bank to some three straw bales that were on end. One oh right God. off the bank. I mean, that was, that was, I don't know. That's, me, that's for right. real though. Like, I want to see something like that. Like, impress me, you know, like you're a horse trainer, you're at home training, like impress me. Like I'm a spectator, you know, like impress me. And we're not yeah. like, in my opinion, whatever. <laughs> so that was, that was my, my, uh, rant for, for today. I mean, that's something, like I said, I wrote about four years ago and I probably will always feel that way about this. Well, I until it changes. Like, right. Like, I mean, come on, yeah. you gotta, like you're saying, you gotta keep beating the drum. Here we are. Like, That's look right. at us go. We're doing like ginormous hunter courses. I know the jumps are bigger, but I'm sorry. Like you can't lay over the neck like that, you know, and actually jump like a proper, like big jump course. Like actually, you know, it just, and, and then who suffers the horses pay the price because they got to be so quiet, you know, and to, and to do the, no, I I'm a hundred percent on that page. I think, I think that's appropriate. So what are the channels you would go through? You know, how can you take those steps? Well, to, to me, I, it, it's just, it's about talking about it. Like I said, I write articles or I go on a radio and talk about it or, you know, to make my opinion known. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining us. We appreciate it always. And we'll have you back next month. We're really looking forward, but tell everybody where can they find you? Website, Facebook, everything. Well, uh, jayduke.com 
um, J Duke Equestrian on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, it is J Duke EQ, and uh, we're previewing what we're working on for June. Um, we have a three-part series on Counter Canter. We have four crescents. We have a slalom, and we have a fabulous exercise called Thread the Needle coming out coming out this month. So um, check it out. Hope you like it. I gotta check it out. Actually, <laughs> that's like three of my top things I've been talking to people about all month. Okay, perfect. We love it. Thank you, Jay. We'll see you next month. Appreciate the time. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. And now it's time to enjoy a little bit of Emily's wisdom from Q&A from a show we did last year. Great stuff for young horses and green horses and horses in general. So here we go. So, okay, here's the first one from Desiree Johnson is, uh, what is the best recipe you have learned to get horses socialized to working in a ring with other horses, cantering and jumping? I know some answers, but this is my next level to get my young horse ready for, uh, so it'd be cool to hear your words of wisdom. Okay. Um, that it really depends on the horse, uh, and the age and how much they've done young horse you know, how young, you know, two, three, four, five, um, even walking them in hand before they're actually broke under tack, you can get them comfortable with the traffic and everything. Because the problem is, is that their only experience with traffic is in a herd. So they think it's like, you know, social hour. It's like, wreck. It's like <laughs> and you're like, no, it's actually not like the, they're hilarious. I love baby horses. It's so funny. And you get very comfortable with your, you know, you, you, you can read them and you see what they're thinking and you're like, yeah, man, you're right. You did used to be in a herd, but like right now we don't care what the 13 year old children's hunter is doing with, you know, mm-hmm. the kid missing the lead change through the corner. Like, that's really none of our business. Like, we're talking about, let's go over here. So there really is a process, and it is very funny. They're very – it takes them a minute. Um, if you have one that's a little bronchy or, God forbid, you know, a little difficult with oncoming traffic, there's all kinds of things that you can do. When they're ready to be broke, ridden, lunge, something like this, I would really encourage you to do a little bit of lunging in the ring while their source is going around in some sort of rig side reins, if they're old enough to go and say a Pessoa rig to where that they have to have their, their, their mind activated around the other horses to where they can't just be concerned about like this horse taking a walk break, you know, before it's next jump course, you know, like they, they do have to learn that stuff. And there's varying levels of how, you know, quote unquote difficult your horse is. I mean, all the way up to and spin and won't go anywhere horses in the ring or doesn't want, you know, like, okay, it can get bad, but even just the really, really good ones, they're shocked. They're like, last time I was in a group, everyone was talking. We were like swapping stories, touching noses, kicking and stuff. And out here it's not acceptable. Um, so you just take your time and see, you know, your horse will tell you what horse they are, but it's just slow conditioning. But for sure I would start with the lunging, some sort of bidding rig, some sort of side reins, um, I think I think a lot of people underestimate the value of taking your horse to some social gathering, whether it's a schooling day, a horse show, um, a gathering of 50,000 other friends, whatever it is, and just take the horse there, just lead them around and let them just be there with you deciding where they're going to be. In other words, right. you're leading them you're around. The you event do, planner. Yeah, you, yeah, you're the you're the planner. You decide the whether or not they director. get to stand in that spot or that spot over there, and they don't get to talk to everybody. And yeah. take that they baby step versus just yeah. take them there and get on their back. 
Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Because it's like they really don't know. Like, imagine you're the baby horse. You're like, last time I was out here, I was like fighting with people. Everybody was in everybody's business. I was doing cannonballs on the front, you know, the back of my friend. I was kicking <laughs> the gate. I was knocking over the feed. Like, there was all kind of other stuff going out in the herd, which is important, you know, for development of the horse. Yes. But to kind of like let them understand. We don't need to make eye contact with all the horses in the ring right now. Like, we don't really care what they're doing. It's none of our business. That takes a little teaching. Yeah. And th- and they do get it. But, you know, be be thoughtful and be and be sympathetic, I think, during that phase um, of letting them get used to it. And, and know that they are going to be a little bit, whoa, okay, so we don't need to, like, just reach over and, like, bite this horse in the neck as we're trotting by. Like, right. no, man, like. None of your business, mm-hmm. but it takes a minute and be, yeah. and be, be, be slow with them, I would yeah. say. And if, if they've never experienced being led in hand around an arena with horses going 15 different directions, um, being ridden post. under saddle with that happening is, is a pretty big step mentally for them. So, you know, oh, maybe if you're going to a tiny little schooling show that's local or a small schooling day that's local, it's okay to go in the warm up ring in hand. Do it early in the yeah. morning when there's only half a dozen horses in there and kind of plan ahead for that. I think those are, that's great advice. Yeah, and slow. The slower you can go with the little baby steps like that, give them a chance. We all know the end game, but like you, everyone takes it for granted. They take everything for granted. Even like being on the back of the horse and tightening your girth like or sh- change your stirrup length. Like, duh, easy thing. Not on a no. baby. It's not easy thing. <laughs> You got all my dressage length. You're screwed. You're riding in dressage length. Yep. You know, like over, unless you want to get off and you want to start the whole process again, I'll be like reaching for my stirrups with my tippy toes, you know, sometimes and I'm like, ah, I got to check those before I get on. Like we take these things for granted, but the slower you go and the kinder you are in the very beginning, I think the better foundation, a better partner you have. And like, they're not, they're not stressed and there'll be stress and difficulty later. That's fine. But these little steps in the beginning, yeah, just take your time and, and appreciate that they really don't know. There we go. One down. Check mark. Dun, dun, dun. What's Check. next? Next. Um, okay, this is Jamie's question. We'll do that one. All right. I'm, I'm, oh, there we go. What are some ways to encourage a horse to jump straight and not off to the left every <laughs> time? Oh, horses. They always want to keep it interesting. Help. Help. What do we do? This, uh, it depends again on the age of the horse. I think that, um, my feeling anyways, sort of my training program is I like to build obviously the strength and the straightness you have to. And some of it, the the horses are all one-sided. I've heard people say that it uh, goes back to them even being in the womb, the direction that they're curled up, that actually the muscles and everything on one side are in fact shorter. Um, so you, the horses are, they're left and right-handed. So if you have if I have a horse, say it's it's obviously not two or three because it's jumping. So it's a jumping age horse. We're working on straightness. So it's not a baby, baby horse. It's somebody that we're trying to actually get a little bit sharper and a little, you know, developmentally, uh, you know, moving along here. Um, one of my favorite exercises for this, which does not interfere with the jump, because that's what you kind of have to worry about, that while you are correcting straightness, you don't want to manufacture so much the jump or get in the way or get in the mouth or all of this poles, of course, guide rails. Um, I love trot jumps, um, even canter jumps. You can put a canter placing pole and then guide poles on either side of the jump, even laying on the rails, a little teeny tiny cross rail. You know, you can put guide poles on either side. 
Um, but let's say you have a horse, as Jamie says in caps, every time it's going left, I hear you, girl. I got a few too. It's no fun on the right hand bending line, but you really, a great exercise to utilize is the jump, uh, or even a trot and gymnastic. And then you can put a little cavaletti or a pole off to the right, like a bending line, essentially. So you're doing like maybe four strides or something like this, five strides, something, you know, like you're trotting in, you're jumping and they're seeking the pole they're seeking and they're turning that direction. And pretty soon they do start to land and they do start to travel that way. And then they build up the muscle memory and the balance and all of that around it. But that's kind of my favorite. Like I, you have to be firm with the training on the horses, but you also have to find a way to get your point across without uh, like mentally and emotionally badgering them, you know, yeah, like he made I think that's key. You know, yeah. Yeah. Cause then you just, then, then you're ruining the relationship. Like you're trying to have a nice time. Like, yes, we want to get better with everything. Also, like we all like to ride horses It's a beautiful thing. You know, like let's enjoy ourselves and them too, you know, let's not torture them. Like let's make it fun, uh, challenging cause they like a challenge. That's fine. But I love that trodden exercise with like, uh, uh, trot to maybe even a vertical. The oxer is a little bit hard because they overextend themselves and, and jump up, but like a, uh, trotting cross rail to a vertical, and then you can bend nicely to a pole to the right or a Cavaletti. And and if you're trying to work, um, we're just kind of bleeding into one of these other questions. Someone was asking about teaching the horse about landing on the correct lead after a fence, kind of same thing, but put a pole or Cavaletti on each side, uh, you know, so you can either bend right in five strides or left in five strides. Now explain the, um, the thought process between the distance between your vertical and your pole. You're saying five strides. Why would someone not want to have it shorter or longer? Why is that an ideal distance? Eh, you can do longer. I wouldn't do shorter only because it's not a true bending. I think if you've got maybe a three stride or even like a four is kind of pushing it, you know, you don't really have a, you have, you have to have your line has to have a hinge in it. Um, and so I think four is kind of really pushing it to actually okay. have a break in the line. If you want two straight and two to the right mm-hmm. strides, strides rather. So I prefer the five. I think it's a little bit kinder because especially if the horse is green enough that we're even having this conversation, there's probably a recovery stride on the backside of the jump, okay. you know, like so it's, it's the mechanics of the horse needs to land and mentally yeah. and physically and flow be prepared to do that next obstacle, even though it's a ground pole, um, comfortably and athletically versus, oh my God. Yeah. We don't want to terrorize them. We We want it flowing. We, yeah, you know, we want, you know, harmony here. So I think for me, that's what I, I think if it gets any shorter, it just, it's very tight, boom, boom, boom. The horses are keyed up and they're looking, it's just, you know, it's not really the conversation. We want them relaxed. We want them focusing on their balance, give them a moment, and they're seeking the pole. So if you have a drift, obviously, yes, you can put up the guide rails and the, and the placing rails on the jump. But I love that pole on the backside to the one direction. And and then just leave that if you've got the left drift like that. Um, Perfect. Excuse me, but yeah, no, that's a good one. Well, that's a wrap. That was awesome. As we expected, we have so much new information. We love Jay Duke. That was super. So check in with us next month. And we have our title sponsors, S Equestrian, which is also my clothing line. Caroline and I work on it as well. You can check it out. ECEEquestrianco.com. S Equestrian Apparel on Facebook. I, S Equestrian for IHSA on Facebook as well. 
The IHSA program is really growing. We've got a lot of really great teams, a lot of exciting custom liners. We absolutely love it. So y'all check it out and we'll be there next month. You can find the links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. Follow the HRN on Twitter at Horse Radio. And you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And if you miss the live show, you can still listen to the recorded version on our website, our affiliate websites, or iTunes. You never need to miss an episode. 